Welcome, everyone. Sultan is a hugely experienced senior executive who helps people and businesses succeed in the digital age through a radical transformation of operating model, process change, and innovative use of technology. He has worked in tech consulting for almost two decades, sat on boards of tech startups, and explores the latest VR, Web3, Metaverse, blockchain, and conversational AI technologies on a daily basis. If you want to understand tech and business, then Sultan needs to be on your go-to list. Sultan, welcome, and I am delighted to have you here today, sir. Uh, thank you, Kieran. Um, great to be here, and uh, thanks for uh, inviting me. Sultan, let's jump into the questions as we've a lot to talk about over the next period of time. It's fair to say the speed of change in business as driven by technology over the past 12 months has been massive. How do companies start to make sense of all this change to know where to invest, to train their people, to design their business strategies and everything else in between? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And I get asked that question by CXOs and board members quite often because yeah, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of people have kind of experienced their board member coming to them and saying, "What are we doing in the Gen AI? What are we doing with this?" Because they've obviously seen the latest uh, uh, article or the latest newsletter, and you know that's a very difficult question that a lot of companies are wrestling with at the moment. So. Um, you know, we know the pace of change has been huge over the last six months, um, you know, especially with the likes of ChatGPT, OpenAI, all those other things. And what we often talk to organizations is, well, before you can work out where you should be and how do you keep up with the, piece of, uh, with the pace of change, you should really understand where are organizations headed. And what we've done as part of you know the work that we do is we've come up with a, a model which says well if you look at where organizations are headed and you look at the key technologies that are uh, impacting organizations over the next few years then what you will end up towards increasingly is what we call an iadvo and that's a an acronym but it stands for integrated autonomous or distributed virtual organization. So IADVO is a model that we've come up with says, you know, how do you, where are organizations going to end up in four or five years time? And to be an IADVO organization, you're going to have to make use of uh, technologies that are coming up and actually disrupting. So the, the one that we're all familiar with is AI and machine learning and conversational agents. Yeah, that's a key pillar of an IADVO organization. The other technologies that come into play that will you know, impact and probably not as mature as where AI is at the moment, because that's the hot topic of the day, are technologies like Web3. So Web3 includes blockchain, smart contracts. How do you create a distributed organization mm. that functions in an autonomous way? And then you know, the, the third technology that is going to impact and help us uh, help organizations move to IADVOs is what we call um, metaverse or, you know, virtual organizations. And, you know, I don't think metaverse is dead, despite what we heard in the press a few weeks ago about, you know, Facebook and so on. Metaverse will reemerge. The fact that, you know, organizations will need a digital presence and a digital presence that is as near um, as accurate as possible to a real world presence. 
uh, will come back as well. So you, when you combine Web3, Metaverse, uh, AI, that's where you start building a fully distributed organization. And we've we've defined a four-box model, which is designed to help clients, uh, you know, assess that. Um, and that four-box model basically says, if you're a board member, first you need to decide what sort of IADVO do you want to be? And and that's about deciding your goals. And an example might be, so for, for some companies, having a virtual presence would be really important. So that would be part of your IADVO DVO goals. For some companies, that might not be as important as making sure they have the best conversations with their clients. So AI would be obviously higher up their agenda. So the first step that we say to boards is, you know, spend some time, work out what your IDVO goals are. Once you've got the goals in place, then it's about, you know, developing your processes and operating models and working out which of the processes and which of your operations can be enabled by the technologies that underpin an IADVO. So you've got the technologies in the horizontal bars on the diagram on the slide there. So it's basically, you know, designing the operating model and processes. And then you implement those technologies and then you obviously go into the fourth, fourth stage, which is monitor and refine, refine and continuously improve. So that's the, the overall model we, we suggest to organizations on how to you know, move towards an IADVO. I remember that sinking feeling well, by the way, when a board member had seen a latest technology in the press and decided that this may be the thing that was going to transform the organization. Well, uh, Sultan, I'm going to come back to the model now and ask you an additional question. I'll pop it up on screen as well so that yeah. people can see it here. There, there are, in the four box maturity model here, what are the technologies that help organizations transition from one level to another? And where do you see conversational AI fitting into that maturity model? Yeah. At what stage yeah. does it come in? So, so, so the four box model obviously is an overall approach, right? Um, and within that, there are the, the different technologies, which you can see in the horizontal uh, arrows at the bottom of the diagram. So I'll just briefly cover, um, let's say conversational agents, right? Uh, conversational agents, uh, uh, we've defined four stages of maturity for conversational agent as a technology. So the first stage is all about, you know, FAQs and chatbots. Lots of companies have played with FAQs and chatbots and have got, you know, per, you know instances of that in production and so forth. That's, a, that's what we call stage one of conversational agents. Uh, the second stage is moving from an FAQ to uh, and a sort of a chatbot to a more complicated conversational agent that's driven by AI and enabled by, you know, much more sophisticated NLP models that, uh, you know, are coming into play. So, for example, we know, you know, Druid, uh, you know, supports quite complex uh, conversational agent conversations. Um, so I would say that's the second stage of, you know, making your conversations better. The third stage of conversational agents uh, in terms of maturity is what we call virtual assistants. And so you might say to me, what's the difference between a conversational agent and a virtual assistant? Uh, so the difference is really the conversational agent can have great conversations with you. A virtual assistant can not only co have conversations with you, but actually execute tasks for you. Right. So the third stage is, you know, uh, yeah, all about implementing virtual assistants. So, 
you know, uh, an example would be if you're having a conversation and you want to, uh, let's say, book a holiday, then the conversational agent uh, moves from a virtual assistant and actually assists you in booking that holiday and executing all the underlying uh, transactions that need to be uh, executed. And the fourth stage of conversational agent is basically having an enterprise platform that allows you to do all those stages in a, in a consistent way across the organization. So, so, the, so at the enterprise platform level, then you have the bunch of tools and technologies that allow you to implement FAQs where you need, implement chatbots where you need, implement conversational agents where you need, implement virtual assistants where you need, and bring all of that together under what we call an enterprise platform. Because I, I do think at times people get confused between chatbots and conversational AI. So I love the way you've described the two. Can, can a chatbot be a conversational AI platform or, or is it the start of a conversational enterprise application platform or different, Sultan? So, so for me, it's, it's a start of the, of, of the uh, uh, conversational agent platform. Um, and, you know, I love the way Druid has matured its platform, for example. It's gone from, you know, originally, you know, doing conversational agents more in the chatbot space to becoming a full conversational agent and now to becoming an, an enterprise platform. So that whole that whole maturity in action can probably be seen with the Druid platform itself. It's good to see. I, I kind of I see a lot of companies starting with chat, chatbots, FAQs. And I've seen Druid's knowledge based two very, very, very different things, one hell of a lot better than the other. Uh, one thing we cannot do, though, Sultan, is ignore chat GPT and generative AI, just like we can't ignore data security, privacy, regulation, all these other things. Uh, how can companies make sure they obtain the best enterprise conversational experience using chat GPT, again, without... Uh, compromising security or any of the good standards that they should put in place yeah so this is a this is a topic a lot of companies are wrestling with so an example is i was talking to uh, uh, the c-suite of a of a major bank and basically they've said they've banned chat gpt they don't allow the use of chat gpt in their organization and and the reason they've banned it because it's uncontrolled and it could potentially prevent a security risk. And obviously there have been quite a few scare stories of where people have uploaded stuff into ChatGPT and you know, then uh, it, it kind of got into a, into a domain where they didn't want that information to go to. Now, ChatGPT is a great large language model, right? So what it does is it's been trained on, you know, millions of you know, language documents and it can predict the next uh, sentences and work out what the next part of the conversation should be um, and that is that has its part to play so if you want to have large conversational discussions with with uh, which are human-like then chat gpt can be integrated into your environment and, and to an extent i think you know um that's what druid have done yeah, they've integrated ChatGPT. It's not a competitor to Druid. Druid, it's a it's a solution that gives you the ability to have conversations based on a very large language model that's been trained. Now, does that solve all the all the um, use cases for an enterprise? No, it doesn't. 
And what, else, what I think will emerge, uh, and we're seeing increasingly emerge, is that you move away from, you know, it can solve everything to here's what it's good at, but here's a, a bunch of other AI models that are good at slightly different things. So, for example, you know, we're building uh, models uh, for an organization which wanted to be able to link user preferences to user products to, you know, uh, to be able to train up on new products that come through. And if user wants a particular product, it just, uh, you know, brings that product out. Now, that's not a topic that's very well suited to necessarily a large language model. It might be suited to a much smaller type of model, which is using Word to VEC or some one of these other models to analyze and produce uh, and come up with a similar product. So, so for me, I think, you know, um, what you'll probably end up emer emerging is, and we're kind of uh, doing some of that in uh, to IQ, EQ Digital, is you will end up with lots of different types of models that need to be within an enterprise platform that can be accessed through some sort of um, integration layer. And to an extent, you know, that's that's a conversation layer. So, you know, if you're having a conversation and you want to be able to, um, uh, you know, reach into a general conversation, you might plug it into chat GPT. If you want to be able to, you know, get preferences of, you know, what sort of products might be better for you and do a detailed mathematical analysis of those, you might reach out to a different uh, type of model as well. So I think I think that enterprise platform becomes much more important for bringing all of that into play. Yeah, it feels a little more fungible, if that's a word, when you can do that. And that, I, I love what you're saying there, because I do see, you know, a couple of nuances in what you're describing there. I, I think boards sometimes see a technology solution. And we had it with RPA, where it's going to be the answer to everything, but it is a key. It's no, one key no. for many locks. It's and again, uh, I know the Druid platform integrates with Microsoft Azure OpenAI, which actually allows you a tremendous amount of uh, security privileges and practices. That means your data won't be ex uh, exposed to some of the public, as we have seen, and I'll not name some of the large companies in the world that did that. But interestingly, someone said to me recently, if you think your staff aren't using ChatGPT public, they're, they're already using it. They probably are using it as well. Yeah. So you never, you never quite know. You, you were describing a moment ago some of the technologies that you're involved in. I love every one of them and adore them. And I, I agree, Metaverse is still here. That It's not gone away. But have you seen a technology that actually is ahead of its time? Or are you identifying something that's next in the list that will allow organizations to change faster, be better, grow quicker, do all the things they want to do. What are you saying, sir? Yeah, look, the, 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 all these technologies are different stages of maturity, right? And one of the things we specialize in is obviously is looking into the future and seeing what 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 is going to be the next wave of technologies. So um, so one of the ones that probably is a bit early at this point in time is quantum computing. You know, you, for example, uh, Quantum computing, you might have read on the in the press a few days ago, Google announced some quantum computing processing that they did, which was, you know, so um, the, the calculation it did was so fast, it would have taken a normal computer thousands of years to do. Um, so if you if you look at quantum computing, it gives you exponential increase in compute power. And it's an it's an underpinning technology to the others, to AI, AI, VR, you know, virtual reality, Web3, it can underpin all of those. It can actually 
it can uh, it can it can pre present a threat to for example blockchain because you know with quantum computing you can throw so much processing power at uh, decryption that you can actually start you know decrypting standard encryption techniques as well so it's it's a technology that is one to watch it isn't quite in commercial use yet although there are some of the leading edge companies still uh, playing with that but i guess for me it, it still moves you back towards you know achieving a proper iadvo so if you've got um if you've got ai empowered you know with quantum computing you've got virtual reality empowered with the quantum computing you've got web3 empowered with the quantum computing you will see an exponential increase in power that means that you know some of the things that we probably can't imagine will appear in the next uh, few years and uh, you know uh, i think there was a there was a session i attended yesterday on generative ai with uh, various uh, specialists and uh, one of the speakers said um was the speaker was asked the question he said what do you think will happen in five years time he said look if you had asked me in october last year what's going to happen in six months time and everybody will be talking about chat gpt i would have thought i wouldn't have even dreamt of what actually happened you know the pace of change is so fast that you can't even predict more than a year and a half ahead of what's going to happen oh my goodness and you know i have to say i adore being in this industry I, I just wonder, with all this compute power, will it be a bit like Excel? We use five percent of it ourselves, not the hundred percent. But you well, mentioned. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sir. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know, one of the. So then, you know, all of these kind kind of uh, questions start uh, opening up the sort of. What is it? What What are we as humans? And you know, is the computing power going to surpass what we as humans can do? And uh, one of the. One of the anecdotes uh, I like to, you know, bring up with people is that if you look at how we've been trained in life, we've basically, as individuals, been prompt engineered. That's true. That's so scary. we've been given we've been given prompts all our life that give us the ability to do what we do as as you know as uh, professionals now, and the level of prompt engineering that we have had determines. The kind of problems we can solve True. so ultimately you know um there there will be you know there will be a role for humans because clearly clearly we're prompt engineered with iq and eq and we're prompt engineered with life experiences now how does that fit with uh you know a, a very powerful ai capability i think you know we're seeing co-pilots and all that kind of stuff emerge I think there will be more and more of that kind of thing emerging where there will be a balance of what we end up doing versus what uh, technology ends up doing for us. But it, you know, ultimately, I'm, I'm a positive person and I don't think technology will necessarily be able to replace everything we do. No, I don't think it ever has. It's, yeah. it's it, what you were describing there with Copilot. It's the excitement that we can put exceptional technology with exceptional human prompt engineers to allow us even greater business outcomes. But see on that, uh, Sultan, this is something I think businesses struggle with at times with all these new technologies. They're not quite sure how they get a return out of their investments in technology because it can be hard sometimes to understand, you know, what is AI, what is AR, VR, Web3, Metaverse? 
conversational and blockchain when they don't know what those are and they don't understand what they can do then they're not sure where they should actually put their dollars to get a return and as you mentioned a moment ago things move so quickly that if i put my dollars in today does it mean i've wasted my dollars uh, how do companies or how should companies pick the right combination of future technologies and build a business case around it to try and guarantee a return in 18 months or three years or dare we say five years yeah so i think this is this boils down to um even business strategy has to be accelerated. So the days of when you uh, you did a business strategy, which was a five-year business strategy, and then you you know visited and tracked it every year, and at the end of the five years, you said, "Oh, have we achieved our business strategy?" Are are gone, really? Uh, I think uh, so. You start with the business strategy, and one of the things we help clients and boardrooms understand is, well, how does this imp- how do these technologies impact your business strategy? And as part of understanding your business strategy, what are the areas that you can quickly get into this? So I think move fast is an is a is a recommendation that we would have for boards. You know, understand the fuller implications of IADVO. You might not want to implement all of IADVO now, but understand which areas are going to be really critical for you in the next months rather than years, and implement quickly in those areas still keep in mind where the iadvo will take you but uh, you know implement quickly and that requires education of the board it requires you know it requires um, some fast thinking of how do you move from a, a boardroom idea to a solution in weeks rather than months and then you know how does that then disrupt your business model so where where is your business going to be able to come up with a different model of using those technologies where does it uh, where does it need to re-adapt uh, adapt itself and become, you know, probably um, re-engineered or disrupted or stop doing what you're doing, you know, start doing something different. So I think the, 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 the message is you start with the boardroom, you deliver and identify solutions fast that you want to, uh, say, take forward. You learn from that. Some will work. Some may not, and you quickly say, "Well, this doesn't work," and you go back to, "Well, what is what is additional ideas that we can bring into play as well?" So I think that whole approach is 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 really important, and I think the the timelines to do that approach have changed as well. So in the old days, you could probably do some analysis, you could do some research, but I think now you need you you're best off getting somebody who's already done the thinking and research and seek advice from them to quickly move from what we call ideations to solutions. So we need to find that person who has bled <laughs> been on the bleeding edge just before us. It's interesting because as you were talking about that, I, I remembered a phrase It was called back in the day. And I remember mentioning that phrase about 12 months ago. And I meant back in the day was the year 2000 dot com boom and all. Now, maybe with the pace of change, we mean back in the day was six months ago. So we have to be careful what we mean. And I think there is a time for boards to get ready to invest and throw away and invest, make mistakes and go again. If you had one piece of advice, Sultan, to organizations wanting to integrate these wonderful technologies, the AIs, the ARs, the VRs, the Web3s, the metaverses, the conversational AIs, and the blockchains into their enterprises. What would that one piece of advice be? 
Yeah, that's a, I think that's a very good question. Um, so for me, the one piece of advice is don't try to get everything right up front. Don't try to do analysis paralysis. You know, it, it's, it's a given these technologies can improve. You probably don't know how they can improve yet. So the only way to do that is to just dive straight in and implement some use cases and learn from that. So I would say that's probably the one piece of advice is we, we are not in the time now where we can afford to wait and do analysis paralysis and then wait again and see what the results are because the competitors won't be waiting. Competitors are moving fast. We live in interesting times, Sultan. I think it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Someone came up with the phrase, and I wish it was me. They talked about digital Darwinism. And you've talked about it today as you finished out, which is if you don't digitize and you don't change and you don't adapt quickly and possibly actually create the environment which everybody else has to adapt and follow you, then you're in danger of turning around in the way that the dinosaurs did and go extinct. We have amazing technologies these days, and I adore all of them. As you mentioned, it may not be throwing everything at the wall at the same time, but picking the technology that maybe reinforces or augments your business strategy or actually redirects it. And I love your advice, which every company should listen to. If you don't understand the technologies, then go to a company that does, because it may look like a cost at the beginning, but when you don't do that, the amount of time and effort and money that you do waste is an exponential number compared to that original figure. Sultan, thank you so much indeed for coming on to Druid Talks today. I love the model. I love that there's a, a plan and a place and a time where organizations can invest and move forward. And I love your advices, which is go fast and create your opportunity as opposed to waiting for opportunity. To yeah, you, you don't want to end up being the, the dinosaur because this is a Darwinian moment for organizations. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.